Hey, y'all. Today is a good day. My amazing guest, Esther Littlefield, has a superpower, and it's called idea generation. What is that, you ask? Simply put, it's recognizing ways to present a product. Now, we all struggle with this, I think. Esther is a marketing strategist and business coach for Christian women who are ready to stop feeling scattered and confused about how to grow their business online. And today, she's going to share with us how to brainstorm ideas for our own products. Wow! Yes! Bring it on! Esther is the host of the award-winning Christian Woman Leadership Podcast and the Christian Woman Business Podcast. And folks, she was a delight to interview because she's been at this podcasting business for a good while now. Today, you're going to learn how to discover what your audience really needs and then how to go about not only creating a product for them, but how to present it in a way that they sit up and say, hey, she's been inside my head and I need this. Plus, Esther shares a quick bonus. Five main things your content needs before your launch. Buckle your seatbelt. This is a hot one. Listen in. Welcome to Authentic Online Marketing with Ruthie Gray. Growing awareness for your blog, podcast, book, or product involves more than dancing to reels and yelling, buy my thing. This show models quality over clamor so you can put your spin on your message and market in a way that feels authentic to you because nobody wants to sound like an infomercial. And now, here's your host, Ruthie Gray. Welcome to the show, Esther. Thank you, Ruthie. I am super thrilled and honored to be here with you today. We are honored to have you as someone who guides Christian business women online. And we just are going to sit at your feet today and glean from you. Okay. All right. That's a little <laughs> bit of a pressure, but I hope to, I, I know it'll be fun either way. So, <laughs> yes, definitely. Well, Esther. Your bio says that you're passionate about helping clients cut through the confusion, find clarity, and develop confidence in their marketing strategy so that they can focus on what will truly help them create a business and a life they love. And that is perfect. Have you always wanted to work with others in this capacity? Well, my story is is a long and winding one. So the short answer is no. <laughs> I haven't always known that that's what I want to do. But but God has led me through a, a variety of different pivots and turning points in my career that's led me to, to doing that now. And, and it's definitely what lights me up and gives me the most joy in my work. It is. So all those threads, they work together to pave the way for getting you to the next level, don't they? And and so then you can really find and hone what works well for you and how you find your superpowers really and, and how that plays into how you can help others, which is our passion as Christian businesswomen is helping others while supporting our families at the same time. Yeah, yeah. I love that. One of your superpowers that we have talked about when we were thinking about this podcast is idea generation. I love this term (laughs) and yet it's so intriguing. Can you explain this 
to us. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it really, it did take me a while to figure out that this is a superpower. I think that's often how it is for us. Yes. We do not recognize our superpowers <laughs> because yes. they just come naturally to us. Right. And so it kind of goes way back to my, my years in elementary school and high school and college in that writing was something that I was really good at. And I always got, you know, high grades on my papers and I loved writing papers and I loved coming up with ideas and coming up with different angles and ways to talk about topics. And, but again, I didn't really recognize that at that time. I was just like, oh, this is just, I just write. I like to do it. And so as I've worked with clients over the past several years in whether I've been in a role as a service provider often they have pulled me in for help with their strategy around their marketing, around their content and asked me, well, what do you think? And it just easily, I would just be like, oh, well, these would be the three episodes we would want to do before you launch. And then we should talk about this. And, and I love that. And so the, I, the concept of idea generation is essentially coming up with ideas and ways to talk about or communicate a concept in a variety of ways, you know, cause not everybody is going to understand something the first time you explain it. And I, I just have, for some reason, I have the ability to kind of break things down a lot of times, very complex topics into much smaller pieces, smaller snippets that make it easier for people to understand. And so that's one of the things I love doing with, you know, with my clients now, whether they're in my, my programs or just one-on-one working with them on how can we help people to understand what you're doing, what you're talking about and make it easy for them to then say yes to working with you. And we often need that outside input, don't we? It's just like you finally figured out what your superpower was, but it was probably through feedback from someone else, correct? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, definitely. It was through, you know, I would get on a group coaching call and somebody would ask a question and I would quickly, you know, rattle these things off. And then same thing, I'd see somebody ask a question in a Facebook group and I'm like, oh, well, here's some ideas for you. And And eventually I started getting that feedback from people that, oh, wow, that was really helpful. And you're right. It's also something that I can often do for other people, but I get stuck in doing it for myself sometimes. So I still have to reach out for help on this with, with my own stuff. Cause I'll just get in my head and overthink it. But you know, that's often how it is with the things that we're good at naturally is we still need help for our own process. We still need guidance. No matter how good we get at our superpower, we still need guidance, someone like an outside influence to simplify. And so this is is what you do for your community. And I'm sure that they glean so much from this and are able to then put it to use and go on. For us, As listeners, why don't you share what are some standard guidelines or questions that you use to help clients Mm -hmm. strategize content or sales copy? Okay. So I have four tips and it's kind of a process that I'd love to share if that's okay with you. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Um, Because I think this is a a place where people, like I said, they they get stuck. They often uh, talk about their topic 
with the assumption that everybody kind of already understands what they're saying. And for most people, most of us, if we're an expert in an area or we are, you know, specialize in something, most of our followers, most of our community doesn't understand it at the same level. So we have to be able to talk about it in terms that they will understand. So the first step and the first thing I recommend with everybody when you're thinking about content or copy is you've got to get to know your audience. You have to get in real conversations with them. And this is absolutely the best way to generate ideas is real conversations. And I actually mean like get on a phone call or get on a Zoom call with some of your podcast listeners, some of your members of your community and have real conversations. That's one way. Of course, you can also just do this in comments and connections in your Facebook group, or again, on Instagram, wherever you're interacting with your community. Or if you don't have a community yet of your own, like if you say, well, I only have a hundred people following me on Instagram, or I only have, you know, five people in my Facebook group. Well, then you've got to go to other communities and start having those conversations. So thinking about what is your topic, what is your area of expertise and start looking for opportunities to connect with people and have conversations about their struggles, about their challenges, about the things that they love. You know, really anything can be a a starting point for content ideas. So that's the first tip is start to get to know your audience for real rather than just trying to guess what they want to hear about from you. Yes. And I think that a, a simple way to do this is, and you probably have done it yourself, is poll your audience on Instagram. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You can do a poll on Instagram. You can do polls in Facebook groups. You can do that concept of getting feedback, asking questions. It's so powerful. Getting people yes. to tell you you know, what they want. It's, it's huge. So yeah, that's the first thing. The second thing is as you're doing that, so as you're building those relationships and getting to know people, ask yourself, what problems do my ideal listeners, ideal buyers, whoever they are, what problems do they have? What questions are they asking? So you want to be looking for themes and actually tracking this. So you could have a spreadsheet where you copy and paste answers to those polls or answers to the questions that you're you're asking. You could screenshot. I do this a lot. I screenshot uh, yes. what people say in Facebook groups or mm-hmm. screenshot, you know, responses to things that I'm like, I want to remember that because you will then be getting the actual words that your audience is using to describe the challenges that they're having or the problems they're facing or the desires that they have. So ask yourself and look for those themes and then keep track of those responses and put them all in one place. Yes. So that's that's one of my best tips to, to give people because this will literally, if you do this on an ongoing basis, you will never run out of ideas for content. Yes, <laughs> I know. Have I have overflowing ideas. <laughs> yes, they do. They give you ideas if you just do your research and you take the time to listen, right? Yeah. I've got it. Yeah scads of screenshots on my iPhone too. And then you can use that, that verbiage then to speak back to them, right? 
Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. So this, the third step in the process is to start brainstorming your ideas. So most people, they go right to step three. They just start, they sit down at their computer or, you know, add a piece of paper and they start to try to just come up with their content ideas before doing those first two things. And so, you know, I think you really got to do those first two things to get yourself onto the right track. So you can sit down once you've done those two things, you've gotten some input from your audience. Now you get a brainstorm. You're going to take what you've gotten and start to just allow your mind to wander. And this is actually hard for me. I am kind of a logical, like a type A. I like to do things orderly. And I like things to be neat and clean. Mm-hmm. And you have to let yourself get messy. So I have had to train myself to be messy in this process and to not edit myself during this process. But I will take out a big pad of paper and I will just start to take the ideas that I've had from my audience and start jotting down. Okay, say they wanna hear about, I don't know, thinking about an idea, like how to uh, grow their podcast, right? So maybe they wanna know, how can I grow my podcast audience? So I write down that, that question from an audience member. Well, now I start going from there to what are all the different things I could talk about around growing your audience. And I start to just let my mind flow with different ideas. And again, you have to let yourself get messy. You have to let yourself put down really bad ideas Mm -hmm. before you get to the good ones. Uh, But almost inevitably, when I take time to do this, I will end up coming up with with a new concept, with a really good title, with some kind of idea that I never would have thought of if I had just tried to start from scratch and tried to make a neat list in a spreadsheet of my next 10 podcast ideas, you know? (laughs) Right. So So just journaling it out or using sticky notes. I know our friend Krista Hutchins of Do A New Thing, she has a a great podcast called Just One Simple Thing. And she recommends this in one of her brainstorming episodes or just get it out on a wall even, or just just get it out. Get it out. (laughs) Even though it sounds crazy. Yes. And all of us process differently. So for me, a big blank pad of paper works really well. So I'm not tied to like staying, like, again, not trying to stay within the line, so to speak. For Mm -hmm. some people, if you're a verbal processor, you might need to get together with a biz bestie or within a program or something that you're part of and say, hey, I need to brainstorm out loud with other people. And that can be helpful too. So Mm -hmm. whatever you want to do, but just make that master list of all the, all the messy ideas that you can. And then, the, <laughs> and then the fourth step that we would get to is, okay, now we're going to take and put those ideas into content buckets or themes. And I'm sure this is probably not a new concept for most people listening, but for me, for a podcast or a blog, or even on social media, it's, it's a good idea to have, I usually say five to seven kind of buckets of the main topics or themes that you're going to talk about. So now you can take all those ideas and start to filter them down into those buckets and say, okay, does this make sense? What does this fall under what I want to talk about? And this is where you're going to need to be a little bit more strategic. Like you don't want to just take all the ideas that your audience gave you and create those as your buckets. You want to make sure Mm -hmm. you're aligning your buckets or your themes to what are you going to be selling? What's your big overarching topic? You know, all of that and create those themes, but then take all the ideas that you got and you can kind of 
group them under the main buckets that you've created for your content. Uh, so that's when, you know, those of us who are a little bit more logical and orderly and want things neat and tidy, we can start to get a little more organized here, whether it's on a Trello board or a spreadsheet to sort of start to plan out that content in a more logical fashion. So that's really, I would say for the content for a blog or a podcast or social media. And then there's another angle you can take when it comes to launching and there's content themes or kind of big, big goals I think you need to have for launching or for selling essentially that you want to cover. And I can share those briefly if you want to, but I don't oh. want to get too deep if we're going well, too, too far down the rabbit hole. <laughs> no, 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 no. I think we all okay. want to hear launching okay. tips. So go for it. Okay. Well, I've shared this recently on, on my podcast. So this is not like private information. I shared it because Krista and I have been working on a launching masterclass. So um, mm -hmm. I shared on an episode episode that there's kind of five main things that your content before or during your launch needs to do. And so I'll just hit on those briefly. So the Please. first one is inform. You need to make sure that you inform and educate your audience about kind of what the end result of your product is going to do for them. So talking about the big picture end goal, educating them on what that is, you know, so if it's growing your Instagram, you know, you talk a lot, Ruthie, about why would somebody want to grow their Instagram? Like, what are the benefits? What are the, what does it look like to grow your Instagram? All of that. Mm -hmm. And then you want to reveal. So the second theme that you want to cover is reveal. So revealing the problems or challenges that often happen when someone is trying to do that thing. So you're trying to go in, grow Instagram. What are the, the challenges people are going to face? And so you, that's some of the things you want to talk about and cover in your content. Then clarify. You want to clarify for your audience what the solution is to that problem. So if you're thinking about, okay, the problem is that people try to grow Instagram by, you know, non-authentic marketing. And so they try to buy followers or things like that. You want to come up and share the solution and mm. clarify for them. No, the solution is actually to grow your audience authentically and to get to know people and all the things that you teach. And so, you know, that's where you clarify what's the actual solution. And also you introduce what your offer is. Okay. Here's my offer that can actually help you do that. Like you could go try to do it on your own, but I have this thing that can help you do it easier and faster and, you know, mm -hmm. and save you a lot of time and money. Mm -hmm. And then you also want to make sure that your content during your launch or a before your launch inspires people. So you want to inspire people to consider what's the future of their life with, you know, when they have done this. So if I grow my Instagram, what's that going to do for me? How is that going to change my business? How's that going to change my life? So inspiring them, getting them dreaming. And then lastly, assure. You also want to make sure that you assure your potential buyers as to why this is a good idea. And a lot of times that involves testimonials from past clients, a guarantee. Sometimes we offer some sort of guarantee on a course where we can say, look, you, this is not a risky decision to invest with me because, you know, these 10 people have had real results when they've worked with me. Or, you know, I have this guarantee that if you do the work and you don't see results, I'll give you your money back whatever that might be. Mm. So those are the five, you know, that's a real brief synopsis. We could go really deep on all of that, but a five, five kind of themes you should cover during your, your launch period when you're trying to sell something. 
And it all goes back to if you've done your research at the very beginning with those first four points that you talked about, just having those conversations and listening instead of having our own agenda. And this is is a problem I see a lot on Instagram is it's just a lot of buy my thing instead of backing up and asking your audience questions, even inviting them in the comments. So if we listen, then we have the verbiage and we finally can figure out what our superpower is and how we can help these people with our product. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. And so many times this is, this is one of the big things I see happen is so many times we come in to our business with an idea of what we want to sell or, you know, the, Mm -hmm. the service or the product we're going to deliver, like, Oh, I want to start a membership. And, you know, I'll talk to a client. They'll say, I want to start a membership. And they'll, they'll tell me all about their membership. And then I'll say, well, have you thought about what your audience needs? Like, what are they actually needing help with? And a lot of times they haven't taken the time to really (laughs) dig deep on that. Mm -hmm. And so they try to launch a membership, but it completely flops because they weren't either their business wasn't ready for that type of program or, you know, their audience wasn't ready. And so it's so important doing those beginning stages of just really getting to know your audience and then matching up what their problem is with what your gifts and skills and experience are. When you can bring those together, then you've got a winning product or um, program that you can sell. Yes. Because if we just perceive, oh, I think their problem is this. And we create a product for that. And that ends up not even being their problem. Exactly. And we have just wasted all of that time. Yep, exactly. (laughs) And that's what I did my very, the reason I can talk about this so easily is like, I've made all the mistakes. (laughs) The very first thing I did when I, when I was in the blogging, you know, that year and a half of like, I'm blogging and I'm going to make money through blogging is I launched a course. My first thing that I tried to do and sell before I actually did any type of one-on-one coaching, any type of group program, any type of small workshop, I just created an entire six module course, recorded all the videos, all of it, and then tried to sell it. And it was just really, really difficult and really not worth the amount of time and energy I put in for how much I made from it, you know? And so, yeah, it's, it's a lot of things that we can, we get ahead of ourselves sometimes with what we're doing. And that's a big part of what I try to help, you know, my audience with is like, let's figure out what does your audience need right now? And also what makes sense for you in your business right now to, to offer. Yes. So research and test the market. And I know for myself, I had three, no, four beta memberships in 2020 before I actually launched my own membership because you have to test and you have to see if people are going to respond to the model or not. Right. So important to do that research. Well, and this may, this may be the mistake (laughs) for (laughs) this next question I have, but what is a mistake that you see creators often make when it comes to sales copy? Okay. When it comes to sales copy, I I think that it really is that we underestimate how much we need to get into our buyer's head, how much we truly do need to understand their Mm -hmm. challenges and their pain points. And so most of the time when I look at someone's sales page, 
they try to get to the selling way too quickly. They try to get to, here's my thing. Here's why, you know, buy it now. Here's all the features. Here's all the amazing stuff you're going to get in it, which is usually truly a, a wonderful product and a wonderful offer, but they haven't taken enough time in the copy to really kind of be able to have the person reading it say, oh my word, she gets me. Like, how does she know I'm thinking that right now? How does she know that I felt that way when I tried that other thing and it didn't work? You know, and that's what you want people to do when they're reading your sales copy is you want them to say, Ruthie understands my problem. Mm -hmm. She understands where I'm at. And now she has something that will help me. Yes. So I think it's really just uh, taking that time, like, and all that stuff that we've already talked about, all that research, all those relationships, all those real conversations, you can pull the copy and the wording right from those conversations you've had with people. If you've been doing it consistently and if you haven't, it's not too late to start. You can start right now. You can host, you know, you can open up like every once in a while in my Facebook group, I'll do a zoom chat. I'll just say, Hey, I'm going to do a free zoom chat. Hop on. We're going to do like a little networking group and get on for half an hour and just chat with people. Mm -hmm. And that is an opportunity to just hear from real people where they're at and what they're doing. And, and that gives you uh, perfect opportunities to start pulling ideas and copy from. Yes. Yes. And open up a Google doc and list all their pain points and add to it because yeah. that is the verbiage. You want to say their words back to them in that yeah. sales copy. Yeah. Yeah. So good. So good, Esther. And so it's so important to network. It is so important. Like you mentioned, getting on a Zoom call inside your membership, just 30 minutes and just talking. So conversations are important, an important way to build your business so that it really, it's kind of like the Kevin Bacon seven degrees of se- yes. you know separation or whatever. Yeah. It's true. You have to have those networking experiences and those conversations, you have to slow down and get to know people and be ready to help and willing to help others. And then secondly, we have to invest in our education in order to really learn and be effective. We can't just blindly go out there. We really do need some kind of person to follow to show us the way. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I would not have gotten to where I am without really being coachable and being willing to just kind of do the the nitty gritty hard work that it takes, especially in the beginning. And so many times I talk to people and it seems like they're just waiting for clients to fall in their lap. And it's like, that's, you know, that's not how it works. You have to, and it really, for me, it all, like you said, it boils down to conversations and relationships. I took myself from a DIY mentality that I had at the very beginning when I was doing the blogging, I was like, DIY everything, everything. I'm not hiring anyone. I'm doing it all myself. I'm learning everything, which sometimes you need to have that. You need to have that grit to just learn and do stuff for yourself if you if you have literally no money to spend. But at the same time, there comes a point where you do have to be willing to invest in yourself and in your business. And I've come to term it for myself in the past couple of years. <laughs> it's, I say I'm betting on myself and uh-huh. it sounds kind of weird, but in a way, when you invest in coaching, you, you're kind of saying like, I'm taking a risk that yep. 
I am betting on myself that I'm going to do the work that I'm going to take action on the things that I'm investing in. Now, of course, as a believer, as a Christian, I I know that there's the faith component and I'm always (laughs) turning to trust, (laughs) put my trust in God. So I'm not actually saying like, I'm not, I don't really think it's a bet, but in the sense of when you invest in yourself and your business, you are saying to yourself, I'm taking this seriously. I'm, I'm not going to just mess around. This isn't just a hobby anymore. Yeah. You are holding your feet to the fire. You're holding yourself accountable more likely than not. Your spouse is going to be like, uh, if you're going to invest this like mine was, then I got to see some profit here. And that is the surest, quickest way to making a profit in your business is by investing because then you've said, I'm all in. That's it. Wow, you have given us so much to think on, (laughs) mull over and get busy on today, Esther. Why don't you tell the folks how they can connect with you? Awesome. Yes. So probably the best place is my website, estherlittlefield.com. You can find both of my podcasts there. You can connect with me, uh, you know, get my free gift that I have. I have a free ideal life and business guide there. So that's the best way. And then I also am on social media in primarily Facebook and Instagram. Okay. And I want everyone to note what she just said. Your freebie is your free ideal life and business guide. Yes. So her freebie connects directly to her product. And just want you to y'all to tuck that in your bonnets when you are crafting your products and your memberships and directly relate those to your freebies. That sounds like an amazing freebie. I might go get it myself. (laughs) It's a lot of what I kind of mentioned earlier, just like the lessons that I've learned along the way, you know, that Mm -hmm. I wish I would have spent more time thinking about some of those things before I went all in on certain business models or, you know, uh, just, yeah. So I put it into a guide so that other people could maybe avoid some of those mistakes. Okay. Well, we will link that in the show notes and then everyone can have it written down in front of them and they can keep it and uh, get to know you a little bit better, Esther. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me, Ruthie. I had a great time. 